Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. It is a Thursday night in smoky downtown Everett. We're ready for another edition of Prep Sports Weekly. Tom Lafferty here along with Steve Willits. How are you tonight? I'm doing good, but that's becoming a bit of a trend. That's the second week in a row you've started off by referring to us as being in smoky downtown Everett. I'm hoping that changes next week. I think it's going to change it, hopefully tomorrow. Well, it, it better it better change by tomorrow. If it doesn't change by Sunday, the NFL might have an issue. So that's we're, right. Fingers crossed there. But, yeah, it is a little bit smoky here tonight. We lose our view, which normally right. is magnificent up here on the 14th floor at the the building. And it, uh, just definitely can't see very far. It's a little bit different. It's, it's so 2020, though, isn't it? It is very much 2020. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood, by the Snohomish County PUD, Glass by Lund, and by Mountain Pacific Bank. Boy, we've slapped together a big show tonight. <laughs> Holy we, smokes. That's another thing we keep saying, and that's that's something we want to continue with. We like that. Yeah, we do have a, a big show tonight, four different segments uh, covering a lot of ground and quite a few different people. Uh, quite a few people that we've gotten to know over the years, too. So this is kind of fun. And then mixed in with a few people we've never met. So that'll be, that'll be good, too. Uh, coming up on the show later on tonight, uh, first segment, we're going to hear from a friend of ours by the name of Reagan Reed. I think a lot of folks remember her around here. A 2020 graduate of Lake Stevens High School. She was the girls' basketball player of the year for the Everett Herald. And as if that wasn't enough, the Everett Herald gave her an even bigger honor. Uh, last week they named her the Everett Herald's 2019-2020 Woman of the Year. So we're going to talk with Reagan as well as her high school basketball coach, Randy Eatons. So he's going to be joining us as well. Uh, segment two, and this is where we kind of have the Randy uh, Eatons tie-in here. Okay. We're going to talk to two young a, ladies. Is this a feature, a Randy Eatons feature? It, it is. He's not going to be on segment two with us, but okay. we're certainly going to have him help us segue into it because he knows these two girls fairly well. We're going to talk a little marysville Getchell cross-country. Cross-country should be going on right now. Any other year it would be if we didn't have a pandemic. And the Getchell team had a big year last year. The uh, ladies took eighth in state uh, as a team. It was the first time ever that marysville Getchell uh, girls cross-country has ever made state. So two of their, their – I shouldn't say two of their top runners, their top two returning runners, Jasmine Wynn and Janae Parsons are going to join us. And the reason there's a Randy Edens tie-in there – when Coach Edens isn't coaching Lake Stevens girls basketball, he's coaching Marysville Getchell cross country. So, decided to make those back to back segments tonight. Yeah, Look see what we you. did there. Look yeah, absolutely. You. So we tied those two together. So we'll talk a little Marysville Getchell cross country segment number three. We're going to pay tribute to one of the legendary coaches uh, in the state of Washington, regardless of sport. Uh, the winningest coach in Washington State boys basketball history, Ed Peppel, uh, Mercer Island, great, and also has ties to this area, Snohomish County, uh, passed away this past week at the age of 88. Uh, Peppel was a 49-year head coach, 952 victories, I think, what, four state championships, 15 Kingco titles, something ridiculous. Like I said, if, if you're a little bit younger, you may not know the name, anybody under the age of what, 35, or over the age of 35, definitely knows the name. Yeah. Uh, somebody who's just been a, a huge uh, influence on, on the sport of basketball for a number of uh, reasons. And we'll we'll talk to a few local coaches around here that uh, know of Peppel or have coached against him or have played against him. Uh, we're going to hear from Charlie Cobb, who was the longtime coach over at Cascade High School. 
Jim Adams, longtime coach at Snohomish High School, and Bobby Thompson, who is the current boys basketball coach at Everett High School. Also, Bobby had a very distinguished playing career when he was at Everett and crossed paths with Ed Peppel. And I know he has a great story to share with us that he uh, put out on the internet over the last few days on a blog. So we'll hear from Bobby in regards to that. And then finally, later on in the show, we're going to catch up with Tyson Lang, senior Glacier Peak High School. Uh, normally, normally we would refer to Tyson as the starting quarterback at Glacier Peak, and, and he is, so we'll still refer to him that way. But for the time being, uh, while football is out, Tyson's been spending some of his Saturdays, not, not as full of a schedule this year, but a number of his Saturdays over at Evergreen Speedway, where I, I keep wanting to call them super stocks because I'm, I'm getting old. Super late models. Super late models. He races the super late model classification over there, the big, the big boys and girls. Oh, yeah. Those are the big cars. Tyson is the current points leader at Evergreen Speedway with one race to go coming up in a few weeks. So we're going to talk to Tyson about uh, how the racing season has gone and also talk a little Glacier Peak football. We'll sneak in the Grizzlies in there a little bit too. They've got a uh, big expectation season coming up. A lot of returning players from last year, including Tyson, who had a, a nice junior campaign for the Grizzlies. Today's show brought to you by the Buzz-In Steakhouse, the law office of Russell and Hill, by Everett Safe and Lock, and by Screen Printing Northwest. So let's get underway with our big show. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and introduce, once again, because it has such a nice ring to it, the Everett Herald 2019-2020 Woman of the Year in Sports, Reagan Reed. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Congratulations on that award, by the way. Thank you. No, definitely. And Coach Eatons, are you also on the phone with us? Yes, I'm here. There we go. Randy Eatons from over at Lake Stevens slash Marysville Getchell, so, which we'll get to. So, Coach, um, how do you wrap your head around 952 basketball wins? You know, I was thinking about that when you were were you going through that here at the start, and I was trying to do how many more years do I have to even <laughs> coach to entertain that? It is it is mind boggling. Um, you know, you put a string like that together. You know, the, the amount of lives I, I kind of take it from the other perspective too. The amount of lives he's impacted right. has got to be just profound. You know, but yeah, pretty impressive number. Well, absolutely. And we should point out you've you've impacted a lot of lives, and we're going to get to that tonight on two different segments. So thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, and we're going to talk about one of the, the young lives you've uh, had a big impact on, and, and she's done a lot for herself, too. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Reagan Reed for a minute. And, Coach, let, I'll let you have the first word on this one. Uh, it's got to be something that's in- extremely impressive, and uh, you've got to take a lot of pride when you when you heard that Reagan won this award this year. Yeah, no question about it. In fact, I was, I was kind of shocked. I mean, just the fact that the Everett Arrow that it entertained – uh, just, you know, Reagan being a nominee and then for her to, you know, go across and, and win the award. Uh, you know, we had Brooke Palcoa just a few years ago win the award for her impact in the county and her impact at Boise State. And and for Reagan to, you know, kind of be that next in line, I guess, here just a, a couple years later, uh, it was it was just, you know, special. It's just kind of one of those things that just keeps you truly speechless. And then it allows you to reflect, too, a little bit. I mean, thinking about knowing Reagan and, and as long as I have, and, and then obviously having her come through our program, the amount of growth that she's uh, accrued over, over the course of, of me, you know, knowing her, uh, it's just such a great cap uh, for, you know, what she's become and what she's all about and certainly her impact uh, in our community. It's, it's pretty special. 
No, indeed it is. And now, Reagan, I've got to think, because I know you do have a relationship with Brooke. Uh, not only did you follow her in terms of playing at Lake Stevens, but now you're going to follow in her footsteps at Boise State. And I know from talking to you earlier this year, you mentioned that the two of you text from time to time. So I'm, uh, I'm imagining that you knew that this award existed because you were probably around when she won it. Now, the thing that kind of is different between you winning it and Brooke was that you're doing it as an 18-year-old right out of high school. We don't see that very often with this award. This is often given to college-age students or even sometimes students who have gone on to professional careers. On the boys' side of things this year, the, the male of the year was Jacob or Jake Luton, who's now in the NFL. Uh, how special was this for you to, to get named Woman of the Year for the Everett Herald? This was crazy, honestly. I was not expecting that at all, like whatsoever. So when I got it, when when coach texted me that I I won I was like wait <laughs> like I had no I didn't even know that I was like nominated honestly so that was crazy but I mean cause, like Brooke got it and I was talking to Brooke I was like dude this is crazy <laughs> like this is just crazy so I just think it's really cool I've literally done every single thing that Brooke has done and I, people have been talking about how I'm following in her footsteps since I was little so. It's just really cool. And now that me and her have a relationship since I've been here, it's, like, gotten stronger and stuff. So that was just – it was really cool to talk to her about winning it and everything. Well, and certainly a big part of why you won this award – and granted, now you had a fantastic basketball season and career for that matter. I know you were the female basketball player of the year for the Everett Herald, but a lot of this goes back to what you've done off the court. And specifically, uh, if we start to look back in May and early June – Right around the time that Black Lives Matters was starting to kind of pick up steam, uh, you uh, you headed a group of that did a George Floyd protest over in Lake Stevens in early June. I think it was June fourth. How did that come about? I mean, obviously we we know the events that led up to it, but how did you get so involved with it? And uh, that's uh, something that maybe is not that easy for somebody your age to kind of go. You know what? I'm going to pick this up and run with it, and I'm going to start gathering young people and older people and I'm going to get them all in one place and to go for a specific goal and to to let our voices be heard what kind of walk us through the process there well my friends had actually planned the the whole protest and they just I mean okay the people who planned it were white so they needed someone with a strong voice which they thought of me which is really cool <laughs> but um so they texted me and they were like, hey, do you want to like help lead this? And I was like, yeah, like I've always wanted to like lead something like that. So um, I was nervous, obviously, but I mean, I'm not really a shy girl. So and especially if I'm passionate about something, which this I'm obviously passionate about. Um, so it was really, really fun to lead it. And the amount of people that were there was insane and it, like the turnout was just crazy and the amount of support that I got from it, it, I mean, I was nervous before I started, but once I got it going, like it was literally just like, it came so naturally. So that was really cool. And I feel like on the court, my skills like with leading um, definitely reflected to that. So that was really cool. Well, For you coach, I've got to think that that probably just another day at the office for for this young lady, you've seen her leadership skills over the last four years. Uh, I'm guessing when you heard that she was involved in the movement and that she was taking a leading role and, and how the magnitude of which she was involved, I, I've got to think it didn't surprise you very much. Yeah, I think it's just kind of one of those things when you go through and, you know, you have the experience that, you know, I got to have with Reagan, certainly in her four high school years. 
you hope as a, as a young person that, you know, they grow and, and shape themselves as individuals. And so it just kind of felt like it was such a great opportunity for the conversation to be had. And, and uh, in our community, you know, for, you know, Reagan and her influence and, and obviously name recognition and, and people that know her, you know, out about, um, it was just such an important time frame for our community to really kind of open up and, and listen. And for myself being a white male and, and, you know, coach and, you know, it, it was important that I'd be there to support and, and listen myself and, and be kind of that receptive nature and, and, you know, We've always kind of joked we're a little nervous about Reagan and having a microphone in her hands and and what was to be ahead. But she just, you know, absolutely shined. It was one of those things that, you know, I kind of puffed up a little bit. But at the same time, I wanted her to represent herself and and her family and and who she's all about and not necessarily associate herself with just girls basketball. And I think it was really important to kind of have that while I was there to support and and would do anything to make sure that to help support the cause. You know, ultimately, it was about her and, and and herself as a person, and and then obviously the impact that that we as a community need to you know support you know uh, that Black Lives Matter movement and, and opportunity, and and she just shined in that moment, no doubt. Now, Reagan, are you are you born and raised in Snohomish County? Um, yes. Well, so, no, I was born in Montana, and I moved here when I was like three. So you've lived in Snohomish <laughs> but, County most of your life, then, anyway. Yeah. So just out of curiosity then, because this is a conversation that I definitely think we, we need to have on some bigger level. Obviously, I think you're – I don't know where Coach Edens was originally from, but we've got two other gentlemen in this room right now that you're talking to. We both grew up in Snohomish County. We're, we're both uh, born and raised here. Uh, we're not exactly the most diverse county in the world. I mean, we know that, right, <laughs> compared to King County and, and downtown Seattle and whatnot. For somebody of color growing up in the Lake Stevens area – you know, systematic racism isn't something we talk about a lot. Uh, Reagan, what what was your upbringing situation like, and what does it mean for you to kind of see this movement and where it is right now, and what has the reception been in terms of around the community uh, when, I don't know, when you're going to the grocery store, when you're talking to friends? Are, are you seeing some sort of a change over the last few months? How, how has that been for you? Well, I mean, I haven't been in the Snohomish County for the last two months, but growing up, um Systematic racism has, it, I mean, it's affected me um, in some ways, but I've, I definitely know people who have gone through it way worse. But I really do think that after that whole protest in Lake Stevens, like things have definitely gone up from there. And a lot of people have been telling me that it's been going up. And I don't know. I just feel like if we keep doing what we're doing, then things will change. But, I mean, as Lake Stevens being a predominantly white area i really feel like um the people of color that are there they need to you know use their voice and just lead it by example and people will start to follow them so that's what i that's really what i hoped that would come out of the protest well and certainly i think you have the right voice for it and we were so happy to see you taking a leading role in that, no doubt. I do want to ask about something else that I read in this Everett Herald article, and it's something that I've, I've known about for a couple of years now, but it's one of those things where there's never been a need to bring it up in an interview, and, and thinking as highly as we do around here of you, I, I think you'll know where I'm coming from and where I'm going with this line of questioning, but I wanted to hear you address it, because I think it, it's a story that I think a lot of people need to hear, and I think it can be of influence for other young athletes out there. You're not somebody that doesn't have your faults. We, we all do, right? Uh, I know at the beginning of your junior year, uh, you started off the basketball season suspended for the first part of the season. Uh, high school students doing high school student things sometimes. Uh, talk a little bit about 
your transformation over the last, I don't know, 24 months or 12 months. And I know you even mentioned it in the video when you gave your acceptance speech that was uh, on the Herald's website. You mentioned you're not the same person you were 12 months ago. I, I think you are a, a tremendous influence for so many young people. Talk a little bit about that and what it's, mean, what it's meant to you to kind of go through some rough times and to overcome adversity and to, to get where you are now. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I definitely needed that experience. I mean, as much as it really, really affected me at that time, um, I really felt like I had to go through that because honestly, if I, if I didn't, if I didn't get suspended, if I didn't go through that whole entire thing, I would not have had the senior year like that I would have had. And, you know, like coming into the season, what, five games? five games in, I think that, I mean, that was just tough to even begin with. So that um, really shapes the player I, I think I've become. And, uh, you know, I, that whole junior year, I just had something to prove and I did not get, I didn't get it done that year. So I feel like going through that um, experience and having that season that I had, that only motivated me to work so 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 much harder after season like literally after that season I dropped 20 pounds 20 pounds <laughs> like that is just crazy to me and so I don't even know like that whole thing obviously it took a toll on like my mental health and whatever but just my advice if anyone else if any other athlete goes through that like don't let that define who you are because there has been so many people who have told me you know, I'm not going to make it to Boise and you know, I'm just that whole, that whole thing, just, I'm not going to be the same person and I'm just like a bad influence or whatever. But so that is really what motivated me the most. Like, I know I'm a good person and I know that obviously I can influence people however I want to. And so that whole thing just really shapes the person that I've become, I and, think. And watching the video, I mean, you, you make reference to it a couple of times. I don't think you specifically used the word role model, but you talked about inspiring younger athletes and having them look up to you. That that means something to you, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the girls, like, when – all right, like, what the, when I finally um, – when the, when the game started, after I got suspended – and I was just sitting on the bench, you know, watching the games and stuff. All of those little girls that had came up to me, like, the seasons before, and they know who I am, and, you know, like, they've came to our camps that we've that we've done. Like, they all know who I am. And so it was just, like, literally heartbreaking seeing them, like, seeing them watching me on the bench. <laughs> like, that was just terrible for me. So, yeah, Co Coach, she's know. definitely made, made a transition, hasn't she? I mean, this is a, a unique, special young lady. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think uh, as as Reagan had mentioned, you know, it was it's hard from a coach's perspective. You know, you, this is someone that I've you know grown with, and and we've kind of gone through our maybe our immaturity stages as a freshman and sophomore. But it's you know ultimately why you're a teacher and a coach is you you try to mold and shape you know young kids. And here we kind of thought we had, we had seen some progress and some growth, and then we have this setback. And and at the time it was you know with Reagan this can, can define you or you can, you can make it out of a, a positive thing and find a way to, you know, make it motivate you, um, you know, heading into your senior year, because it just seemed kind of, it was like, it was always in the backdrop, you know, that junior season and she just wasn't able to get past it. But, you know, you know, when you have a lot of people that are, you know, naysayers or, or you know, people that are, you know, saying you're not going to get to this, it's, it's one of those things you, you kind of have that motivation to prove them wrong and, 
you got to just get rid of the noise. And so, you know, for her to, you know, kind of come, you know, full circle there as a senior and see that maturity continue to grow and, and take place and, and really just kind of take ownership of, you know, what she's going to be all about and, and who she's going to become. And, and then ultimately to have it parlay itself into the opportunities that it did, you know, obviously for us this past season, but, you know, also off the floor and in the community, you know, I know as a staff, um, you know, here as we started the school year, you know, there's been so many staff that have come up and said, you know, man, just to think about where Reagan's come from as a freshman to, you know, who she is this, you know, the past year as a senior. And, and at the same time, I, I kind of want to turn around and say, you know, there were a lot of individuals, not just myself, because, you know, I was her head, head coach, but there's a lot of teachers and staff that committed a lot of time to, you know, helping Reagan get through school and, and, you know, finding herself as a person and then ultimately to give her this opportunity that she's got in front of her. Uh, you know, I'd be remiss without, you know, at least mentioning, you know, quite a few staff on our campus that uh, deserve a load short, a load share credit as well. Okay, be- before we let you go tonight, too, Reagan, I do want to have a, a fun conversation here for a moment. You're in Boise right now, so give us a little update. How How is it going there? I know it's obviously not exactly the ideal year, if you will, to uh, to start off your your freshman uh, year of college. It's a little bit different still. We're still in a pandemic, but how, how are things going so far? Um, things are going really well. And, I mean, it's really smoky here. <laughs> Join the club. But, um, <laughs> I know. But, I mean, it's been really, really fun. We have been working out twice a day. Like, our workouts probably go for, like, from 12 to, like, 4-ish every single day. With restrictions? I mean, are you able to are you able to run up and down the basketball court? Or? Um, yes. Yeah, so, we just were able to get on the court, like, two weeks ago. So, but, so the, what we do is we have two different groups. So one group will lift, and then the other group will be on the court, and then we switch. So there's that. And then the groups are, uh, like, seven people. So that's, yeah, it's it's a little different. We have to work out with masks on, which really sucks. It really, really sucks to work out with a mask on. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Well, at least, and you're, and you're in the classroom now, too. Is that correct? Um, I only have one in-person class, and then the rest are online. So... That's fun. It's just it's a it's really different. It's not really the way I thought that my freshman year was gonna go. But today actually we just um heard that we can we can have a season starting in November. So yeah, you, you might first... end up playing before the football team does. I know you're in the Mountain West Conference <laughs> and they haven't even played yet, so I know, that's what I'm saying. So it should be fun. I think um I think our season's gonna be like cut in half. So thirteen games, I think, instead of twenty five, which sucks. <laughs> hey, better but, than zero though, which is what a lot of the spring sport athletes got, right? So we'll, we're hoping for yeah. for a season anyway. Well, very good talking with you, and also Coach Edens. Before we let you go, I guess you're going to help us segue into the next segment. We're going to have uh, Marysville Getchell girls cross country runners on here in a moment. Uh, give us a quick little rundown on on Jasmine Wynn and Janae Parsons, who we're going to hear from after the commercial break. Well, they are both a couple of seniors that uh, have had just you know great careers and have been one uh, or individuals that have just worked tremendously hard to kind of put our program on the map, which has been just a lot of fun to see. And and they've had to do it you know with a lot of hard work and uh, commitment to kind of developing team. And at the same time, they've had a little individual success as well. So it was really 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 special to kind of see it come to fruition. You know, as a team, you know, last year for those young ladies, and we're hopeful that in the spring, maybe late winter, early spring, to having some sort of modified season because I, I, I really want to see their senior years to some degree 
be able to wrap up with, you know, uh, you know, a special opportunity to just cap a great high school career. So looking forward to it. And I do want to ask Reagan one more quick question here. I sent out a little questionnaire to both Janae and to Jasmine. One of the questions was, what are some of your thoughts about Coach Eden's? I got two very different answers, so maybe we'll let Reagan chime in on this one. One of the girls said, the very first sentence here, as I try to find it here, he is so patient and encouraging. And then the very the other girl says on the first uh, – He's a loud coach, and you can hear him clearly anywhere, and I truly mean anywhere. He makes his presence known. So, Reagan, which that one is, is it? Is so he is he patient, true. or can you hear him from anywhere? Both. Definitely both. <laughs> both, um, both are correct. His huh? face turns, like, dark red if he's mad, and he is very patient, though. I mean, he's had to put up with me since, like, fifth grade, so I don't know how he did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we enjoy putting up with both of you, and it's always a pleasure. And, and Reagan, certainly, uh, I know you're over in Boise, but don't be a stranger on the show here. I'd like to uh, make sure that we catch up with you again sometime down the road and certainly uh, see how you're doing over in Boise State. Go Broncos. And, uh, go Co- Broncos. Go Broncos, indeed. <laughs> and, Coach, uh, thank you, as always, for your time and uh, hoping that uh, you get to have both a basketball and a cross-country season. And I know you've got a group of special girls waiting for you on both teams. So uh, thank you, and hopefully virtual teaching is going well also. Yeah, thanks so much. We're looking forward to you know giving some of our kids a, a little different opportunity, hopefully here at the end of the month, and then certainly with our modified seasons towards the end of the year and into, into 2021. There we go. Thanks very much to Reagan Reed and to Randy Edens, both from Lake Stevens. We will talk Marysville, Getchell, girls cross country. Coming up next right here, it's Prep Sports Weekly on KRKL. The Mill Creek Chamber of Commerce is proud to support your community and asks for your patronage of these fine businesses. First Financial Northwest Bank, Forum Dental Group, Hand and Stone Massage and Facial, Wingard Insurance Agency, Columbia Funding Mortgage, Feng Shui, Windermere Real Estate Mill Creek, North Creek Roofing, Storage Court of Mill Creek, Sound Storage of Mill Creek, Senior Care Consultants, and Everett's Greatest Hits KRKO, Classic Country KXA, and the Everett Post. This message is brought to you by the Mill Creek Chamber of Commerce. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. KRKO is back and playing great songs like this. Welcome to the Hotel This. Got a black magic woman. AM 1380 and Everett 95.3 FM. And anywhere on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Just go to krko.com and click on the Listen Live button. Everett's greatest hits are on KRKO. Want to save money on your printing and copying needs? This is Brenda Cook from Pacific Copy and Printing in Everett. We're in our 38th year of serving Snohomish and surrounding counties. We are proud sponsors of our local sports teams and community events. Our success is a result of quality work and consistently satisfying our customers' printing needs. When you think printing, think Pacific Copy. We'll give you a free competitive analysis on all of your printing needs to save you time and money. We're at 35th and Broadway in Everett and online at patcopy.com. 
Pacific Copy and Printing. We do the work, you take the credit. For nearly 50 years, Everett Safe and Lock has serviced the security needs of Snohomish County and surrounding areas, and they are also a proud supporter of prep sports. They know that boys and girls that take part in prep sports work hard to make themselves and their teammates better athletes, and even more importantly, better citizens too. Sports, they help build character and help them to be properly prepared for a brighter future. Everett Safe and Lock wishes all the athletes the best this season, and for all of your commercial, industrial, financial, and residential needs, see them, the trusted pros since 1971 on Evergreen Way and online at everettsafeandlock.com. And we return to a smoky downtown Everett. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willett. It's Prep Sports Weekly here on KRKO, Everett's Greatest Hits, Sports and More. Ready to keep on going? Absolutely. Keep on trucking? Speaking of smoky uh, air condition right now, this is uh, not ideal for cross-country running. This oh, God, no. Is, you hear those baseball <laughs> players. I had to laugh at the Oakland A player last week that, oh, my goodness, I don't can't believe we're – he was a pitcher too, by the way. He doesn't even have to run. These young ladies do a little bit of running and then some. Uh, two members of the Marysville Getchell cross-country team. As a team, they took eighth in state last year, and six of their top seven runners that are returning this year – were, or six of the top runners from that team, I should say, all returning this year. So a lot to uh, look forward to if we ever do get a season. Jasmine Wynn and Janae Parsons, uh, both of you, thank you for joining us tonight. And, and I guess, Jasmine, I'm going to start with you. Uh, obviously, you don't have your cross-country season right now, but I know a lot of runners, they still like to get out there day in and day out. They like to keep into their routine and keep their regiment going. Uh, are you a runner even when season is not in? And if so... How has that been for you lately? Are you, are you getting a chance to run at all? Uh, yeah, I still definitely run in the off-season, six days a week. No, are you, are you running less in the, with the air quality right now or no? Yeah, a lot less. Just keeping it short, just maintaining fitness, not pushing anything. And Janae, what about you? Oh, yeah, we were definitely running a lot like together this summer. But when the fog started, a lot of our teammates have asthma, so... We have not been trying to get out there. We've definitely been, like, doing some inside things like core, yoga. But, yeah, we don't want anybody to get hurt, so we're staying inside until it clears out. When you say we're staying inside, is that we as in the team is getting together or is everybody working out separately? Do you do, you do Zoom workouts? How, do, how does that work? That's actually a good idea. Maybe not bad, right? That. Hey, every once in a while we lend a hand here on the show. <laughs> no, we're, we're meeting individually, kind of, you know, like everybody does their own thing. Staying safe. Yeah. Well, and what a cool experience. Anytime you can come from a high school, even if it's a school like Marysville Getchell that hasn't been open that long, obviously you don't have the storied history that some of the schools around here do in terms of being open for decades and decades. But nonetheless, when you can say you were the first team ever at a school to accomplish something, that holds meaning. And, and your team just did just that. First time ever that a team, the Getchell team, has ever made it to state last year. Uh, Jasmine, for you, uh, what what did that mean for, for this particular group of girls? Well, it meant the world to me because it was my first time at State. So I got to experience it with six other lovely ladies. <laughs> and, and Janae, you had already been as an individual the year before, correct? Yeah, I did. It was, I mean, honestly, it was a really great team effort. Like, my coaches and my teammates, Jasmine and Julia, really helped me in the race that helped me qualify for State that year. They both pushed me a lot, but yeah, I this is my second year. 
And this is pretty cool. I was looking at some of the numbers. I know, Jasmine, for you, you had a big year last year. I know you were the Northwest District Champion. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, and then you went on to take 15th at state as an individual. The year before, you finished, I think it was 27th in districts. Now, were you coming off of an injury? Is that what I, I read? Um, yes, I had surgery. The Thursday before season started, I rolled into the ER, and I had uh, ovarian cysts the size of a baseball removed that I didn't know about. Unbelievable. And you still went out and you put up those kind of numbers. Yeah, it was a big year. <laughs> was Now, when you first, I don't want to get too personal, but I mean, when you went in for that surgery, were you thinking at that time, my season's probably over or I may not be able to do this? I mean, how, how were you yeah. feeling coming out of that? I sat in the hospital texting my coaches, asking, do you think I'll still make it to Bob Berman in, like, end of September? Like, you think I can still make it, like, get in shape and, like, compete well enough to go travel to Boise? And Janae, that's going to be pretty. Uh, that's going to be pretty inspiring for the rest of the team too. I mean, obviously, runners are always looking for reasons to have inspiration and to get motivation for that extra push at the end of a race. When you're when you're thinking about what Jasmine's going through at that point, I've got to think that gives the whole team incentive. Yeah, that's really true. I praise God that her surgery went so well. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, she didn't even know about it beforehand, and it's amazing that she was able to still race later in the season and go on to be district champion the next season. That is un- I did not know any of that. So I, mean, I was impressed that you were district champion. I mean, I'm even more impressed now. So, so very cool. Well, well, what is state like? I mean, when you're when you're there with your teammates. I mean, Jasmine, is there a particular moment where you'll kind of always cherish and remember? Obviously. Finishing 15th is pretty cool in itself, but what, what was your uh, your biggest takeaway from being at State as a junior? Um, I think it's just the environment. Like, you walk up to that start line, and you know this is the start line. Like, this is the big one, and you get to experience it. Because I got to run with the senior who graduated, Julia. She ran with me for the first two miles, and it was something we normally don't run together, so it was something cool to hear and Janae, I guess we should mention Julia. What's Julia's last name? Julia Ray. And Julia Ray was the lone senior on that team. I, I, I sense a theme here. Even when I got that questionnaire back from both of you, it sounds like she played a pretty big role for for that team last year. Oh, she did. She was definitely our back. Like she was our cornerstone. Um, she was actually the one who got me to join um, cross country. And yeah. So you're. Your fall season's been taken away, and we're still hoping that you get to run. And we should point out, both of you do track and field also. You both run the 32, and I think you've even done some shorter distances together. Uh, as far as knowing that that was taken away already in the spring and the anticipation of having a cross-country season, Jasmine, I mean, is it a little bit frustrating knowing that obviously you're still going to have a season, but looking at the calendar going, eh, if we have another outbreak, I may not get a senior year either. How, how do you go about trying to keep all of that in perspective and, and getting through the year? I think if whether we have a season or not, I think my previous cross country seasons, I've put everything out there. I've done as much as I can, and I've created an impact on my school and on my teammates. And it's just keeping the running culture with me if we don't have a season. And the thing, Janae, that I've also noticed, and I haven't had a chance to ask a a dual sport athlete this yet in terms of the runners, anyway, because obviously it stands to reason that a lot of runners that run cross country also run the thirty two hundred at track. This year, those seasons are back-to-back. You finish up one season, you go immediately into the other one. 
as you start to kind of look ahead and, and peek at the calendar and also knowing that it's going to be a little hotter if you get into the summer months, uh, is that any concern to a, a distance runner? And obviously you're all kind of in the same boat, but obviously I'm sure it's something you've thought of a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty crazy that we aren't even going to – because usually we have a winter season in between cross-country and track, so we our coaches really help us get into a more shorter distance rather than, like, doing – a longer distance workout for cross country, but we have no transition and it's going to be a little scary, but it's definitely all in God's hands. And I think we'll, we'll still do amazing if we still get a season. Okay, and we have to have a little fun with both of you before we leave here, too. I was noticing some other things. Jasmine, you mentioned one of your uh, your favorite or your more interesting moments from last year was having the coaches leave you in the Nike headquarters parking lot. Is there a oh, good story there? Were you guys out running in, in Eugene or what was happening? Oh, we actually got to travel down to run Nike Portland. And we had stopped by the Michael Johnson track, which was something that I wanted to do. And Which is a really we, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but because I got that, Mr. Eden, because he's the biggest Nike fan in the world, decided to go to Nike headquarters. And because we are not allowed in, we sat in the parking lot in our vans for an hour or two as they went shopping. You, you weren't allowed in as in Coach didn't let you out of the van, or as in they don't no. let... Certain age groups. Nike doesn't let. I think you have to be over. You have to be twenty-one or older with an ID. Well, it's nice to know that you're not all carrying around fake IDs. So I will give you that. So I'm sure that yeah. That's what you and I would have done. Yeah, the, the parents are happy to hear that anyway. So yeah, not not exactly the best experience for you, but I'm sure Coach Eden's had a good time with it. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Janae, I noticed a few things from you here. I noticed that when you're looking for to do things in your free time, and Tom's a, a music guy over here, so I have to throw this in here. You play the clarinet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually took a few classes in middle school and high school about how to learn. It's really fun, um, but it's more of a hobby now. I also like to bike and ski, and I joined NHS, but my family and my church also volunteer in, uh, it's called iHeart. It's like how we help around the community every summer. Obviously, we couldn't this year with the social distancing and everything, but we like to go and help around the community. And Jasmine, you as well, right? I know you work at a food bank, correct? No, uh, it's a clothing bank. Oh, clothing bank. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And I guess we'd be remiss if we don't ask since you're both seniors. Uh, what is next? I mean, uh, assuming we get the school year in and everything goes as planned. Uh, Janae, I'll start with you. I, it sounds like you're staying local. Yes, definitely. Um, I plan on finishing up my associate at UBCC and then attending UW-Bothell with my brothers for computer science. Um, those are definitely my tentative plans for now, but you know how things change. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm willing to follow Christ wherever he leads me and whatever it's going to be. Well, and especially in a 2020 year, you have to kind of be ready to roll with any kind of change right now. And, I know, and, right? And Jasmine, what about you? Uh, I still plan on running in college wherever I end up. Um, I'm, I'll be making my decision this winter about it, but yeah. And it sounds like science, <laughs> sciences and engineering, is that kind of what you're looking into? Yeah. Well, very good. Well, again, we, we hope to uh, to watch both of you out there running eventually. We should mention it one more time. Jasmine is the defending Northwest District 3A champion, finished 15th at state last year. Janae, you you made a big jump, too. I know your sophomore year you finished 73rd at state. You were 36th last year, and you trimmed more than a minute and 10 seconds off your previous time. So, no doubt, it's kind of that fun. Uh, this is one of those sports where you see a lot of progress from one year to the next. So, hoping that the weather gets better, the air cleans up, you're both able to continue running, 
and that we see some big things from the Chargers out there. And I guess I hey I can't, can't let you go yet. We we got to mention some names too. Uh, Jasmine, I don't know if you want to give us a couple first. Who are some of the other girls we're going to be watching this year for the Chargers? Oh, I think Lily Toon is definitely, definitely going to pass me or be right next to me in a race. I'm so excited for her. And how about you, Janae? Can you give us a few names? Oh, yeah. Some, some of the varsity girls on our team this year are hopefully going to be like Maddie, Karina, Mackenzie, Bevan. There's so many amazing girls on our team and guys, too. We have actually Oliver Schwab. He's he's definitely up and coming. I'm hoping he's going to make it to state next year and maybe some other boys too. There we go. A name to keep an eye on. So uh, Jasmine, Janae, thank you both very much for your time. Best of luck to the Chargers and uh, keep keep running and stay healthy. Will do. Okay, there we go. Marysville, Getchell, cross country. Jasmine Wynn, uh, Janae Parsons both had outstanding years as a junior. Uh, eighth in state, that's impressive. I mean, this is sure. an area around here that's so rich in, in distance running. I mean, the, I think what Edmonds Woodway and Arlington both finished ahead of them in the standings last year. Uh, Arlington was pretty senior heavy. Edmonds Woodway's Albani and the rest of them over there, they've got a really, right. really strong program. But for Getchell to, to do something that nobody's ever done in the history of that school and to do it with a young group should be fun to kind of keep an eye on them. There you go. And when we come back, we will pay tribute to Coach Ed Peppel of Mercer Island, who passed away earlier this week. Coming up next, right here, Prep Sports Weekly on KRKO. At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Glass by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember, since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanwood. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Hey, Tim Hunter for CM Heating right here in Everett. One thing 2020 has been really good at is giving us things to worry about. So if you can get rid of a worry or two, why wouldn't you? CM Heating came to my house all socially distanced up and one of their techs serviced my furnace and gas fireplace. So come the cold months ahead, I know they'll work and we'll be cozy and warm without a worry. Now, if you're due or overdue for a new furnace, you should know that CM Heating has a best price guarantee, so you don't have to worry about paying too much. With your new system, it'll be more efficient, so you don't have to worry about huge power bills. For a limited time, CM Heating has an incredible special. Buy a premium heat pump and air cleaning package, and you'll get a new American Standard furnace for free. And they offer financing, so you don't have to worry about it fitting into your budget. For a best price guarantee, satisfaction guaranteed, and an extended warranty, on every system. Be smart. Don't worry. 
Call CM Heating. CMHeating.com. There's no beating CM Heating. Fresh coffee just tastes better. But how fresh is the coffee you're brewing up each day? If you're getting it at the store, those beans could have been roasted months ago. But at Blue Stilly Coffee Roasters, they roast their beans fresh and deliver them fresh right to your door. Go to BlueStilly.com right now and learn about the freshest cup of coffee you've ever tasted with no contact delivery and the values you expect from a local family business. Truly fresh coffee right to your door. BlueStilly.com or see their farmer's market schedule online and get some in person. BlueStilly.com. And Prep Sports Weekly continues here on this Thursday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willis. We're getting a corrections from the peanut gallery, right? We are, and I'm glad we did. I normally keep my phone in front of me during the uh, the phone calls, but I didn't this time around. Uh, Randy Eaton's the coach of both Lake Stevens girls basketball and Marysville Getchell cross country, just texted me and he said, yeah, the girls, if they had gone inside the store during the Nike visit, would have been a recruiting violation. So, so, And he did jokingly say, and by the way, they were only out in the parking lot for 30 minutes tops. So yeah, I didn't think the girls had a great time. I know it was one of the questions that I asked them to give me some memorable fun right. moments. And right. so just to clear that up, I, they were definitely not unhappy about being out in the parking lot. It's, hey, you're still at Nike. I mean, it's kind of cool, right? There you go. So there we go. So just to <laughs> let everybody know, uh, coach, coach doing the right thing and not taking the girls in and not getting them in trouble because both of them might end up running at the next level. So let's talk with former Snohomish High School coach Jim Adams, who joins us. We're talking about Coach Ed Peppel. Uh, coach, how are you tonight? Good. Thanks for asking. You bet. How about when did your path cross with the uh, Coach Peppel? Well, I got out of college in '67 or '63, and get, went to Edmonds High School as an assistant in football, basketball, and baseball. And Ed was there a couple years prior to that. He left uh, Edmonds to go to Metadale the same time I did. So we did not coach together. We just we get to know each other. So, so he went to Metadale when you got to Edmonds Woodway, or now in those days Edmonds. That's correct. So uh, the first game that Steve that I ever broadcast in the Seattle Center Coliseum was the Snohomish Panthers and the Mercer Island Islanders. Ed Peppel had Quinn Snyder, later played at Duke, now the head coach of the Utah Jazz. And coach, you had Nate Duchesne, later played at Montana, then coached at Stanwood, now principal at Mariner. T- tell us about walking into the uh, Coliseum that day. Well, you know, it's one of those kinds of things where you get that state tournament, you're just uh, your eyes are big, and uh, it's a whole new world, especially since we hadn't been there very often. Uh, we foolishly won that first game, which meant we had to bracket up with Mercer Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those, those were fun days, weren't they? They were. I tried to convince my kid that they were just people that put their shoes on one at a time like we did, but they had bigger shoes and they were bigger people and they had more experience. So we were a little bit awestruck, uh, as you can tell by the final score. We didn't play as best as we could, but uh, Mercer Island was, uh, was the reason why. Mercer Island kids are always competitive, and they're always, they always polite, and they're always uh, very uh, professional, if you will, for high school kids. They, uh, they knew what they were doing. Then you had a chance to go and watch some practices with Coach Peppel, too, didn't you? Yeah, I was going through a, a period there. We were, we were playing competitively, but we were losing games by stinking one and two and three points. I began to question what I was doing, and so I, took, I had to take a year leave of absence to get a knee replaced. And so I called Ed Pebble and uh, asked him if it would be uh, all right to come watch a practice. And, you know, most high school coaches don't want to give their secrets. <laughs> well, he was very open to that and very uh, forthcoming. And 
inviting, if you will, says, yeah, come along and ask any questions you want. So I went and watched two or three practices. And after practice, he would debrief me, and we would have a conversation, and I would ask him any question I wanted about the game. And he was always gracious in sharing what he knew, and he knew quite a bit, that's for sure. Do you remember one or two particular things from those practices that maybe you did take with you, and how did you apply them to your own teams? We talked about the intensity of practice and mostly what uh, what was important and how far you should go in pushing your kids. And he believed the intensity really had no limit. They they uh, they were willing to be coached if you coached them properly. And uh, you had to work hard as a coach to get their attention. And then once you got their attention and they respected you, then he said, push them. And so I tried to do that, and we got a little progressively better. It sounds like Pete Carroll, doesn't it? <laughs> you can push them in practice, right? Push them in practice. We've we landed a lot of them in practice. The game was easy. The practice was hard. Coach, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a minute. I apologize if you don't know the answer already, but do you know how many games you won during the course of your, your tenure at Snohomish and at, at other places? answer to that question. I know we struggled the first year. We were 2 and 5,000 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I ask is because I, this number just keeps popping off the page. 952 victories over 49 years. Now, look, I, I know that some places, obviously, there's a little more of a hotbed of talent than others. Regardless, I mean, you you pretty much have to be consistent year after year after year for almost a half century. I mean, even for somebody like yourself, when you hear that number, what what do you think? I mean, I can't get my I can't wrap my arms around that number. Well, one of the first things is the coaches stayed there a long time. They didn't come and go. Right. They established a rhythm. Established a reputation. And uh, the, the, I followed Jack DeCover, who was an outstanding coach. He won a state tournament in 1970. And then uh, what's the guy's name that followed me? Uh, Len Bone. Len Bone, Len Bone, yes. He stayed there for a long time. I was there 18 years. So to and answer your question, is consistency in uh, kids that wanted to play. Kids that came to Snohomish High School to play basketball had an opportunity to play basketball really appreciated the opportunity. They wanted to play, and they were willing to work at it. Well, and that would have been the uh, secret with Ed Peppel. He didn't have to recruit. The basketball players flocked to Mercer Island. Isn't that right? That's correct. And because of his reputation, because of his coaching skills, and uh, I don't know economically about families moving to Mercer Island, but I know that uh, those that were there were good players and uh, strong support from their families. And... uh, Ed established himself as a as a coach's coach. He uh, he was always gracious. He was always willing to share. He was always, you know, he had quite a reputation in the state. He was very successful. Obviously, his reputation was well founded. But we'd go to a clinic or some kind of gathering, and he always had time to talk. He wasn't above anybody else. If you want to come up, ask him a question, or just chat idly, chat. He was always gracious, and that he would uh, take time. From whatever he was doing to sit, sit, stand, and talk and visit. We're talking with former Snohomish coach Jim Adams about the uh, life and the career of Ed Peppel, and I'm talking to one of our salespeople here that went to Interlake. And, of course, Interlake, he said, when we played Mercer Island, it was always the biggest game. And I said, probably in the Kinko, every team, when you played Mercer Island, coach, that was their biggest game. Exactly, sure. Their reputation had preceded them, and they uh... – they well deserved, and, and I think that's absolutely true that that was the big game when you played Mercer Island. It was always exciting. 
And we were excited to play him in the state tournament. I was not uh, going to fool anybody thinking I was going to go kick their panties. <laughs> but we wanted to be a little more competitive. But they took it away from us because of good players and good coaching. Well, and then they, you know, they always wore those maroon blazers when they walked into the gym. But you know what? You knew when Mercer Island walked in, didn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. They, uh, they had an aura about them. That they, uh, they were very confident kids, and, and they, were, they were nice players. They were, didn't hold it over you. They didn't make big time out of thumping you, 56 to 23 or whatever it was. They were, uh, they were very competitive and very gracious, I thought. And that had a lot to do with their coaching. Well, Coach Adams, thanks for being with us and talking about Coach Peppel and your memories of him. My pleasure, and, and, and I do remember him well, and uh, I wish his family well, and I have my condolences. Thanks for calling me and asking me to talk. You bet. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Former head coach, Cascade coach at Charlie Cobb, who's with us, and we're talking about the uh, passing of Ed, Ed Peppel, but we're also talking about the life of Ed Peppel. And, Coach, thanks for being with us. When did you first cross paths with um, Coach Peppel? Oh, boy, it's been eons of years ago. I was fresh out of Vietnam, and I got so uh, fortunate with Jim Ennis hiring me in the Everett School District and then coaching uh, with uh, with Norm Lowry. And, uh, and uh, you know, I just uh, kind of hooked on and uh, rode the, I guess, <laughs> rode the backs of some really good coaches, Reg Scudeller, uh, uh, Joey Richer, and, of course, you know, you, 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 you talk about Jim Adams going to be on, uh, mm-hmm. one of the guys – We've we've really had some really really neat coaches in uh, in my time, and so I uh, hooked on uh, with uh, trying to do everything I could to help kids, and I wanted to make sure that the kids in Snohomish County were represented, and the guy to go to was Ed Pebble. Why why was he the guy? Why was he the man? Well, uh, I don't think anybody even realizes this, but back in the day, you know, when I started coaching, the earth was cooling. <laughs> Uh, he had uh, the Little Dribblers, a third-grade team from Mercer Island playing in a national championship game in Texas. And I, I thought to myself, you know, I'm a three-sport coach uh, trying to do everything for kids, and uh, here's uh, here's a guy that's got it by, you know, way ahead of soccer even. And uh, I should probably grab some uh, some interest and uh, some wisdom from him. And so it's been Oh gosh, probably twenty-five years. And the um, the thing about Coach Peppel and Mercer Island, he didn't have to recruit. Players flocked to Mercer Island, didn't they? They wanted to play for him. Well, and and uh, you know, there was a time uh, that uh, you know other coaches uh, uh, thought that he did recruit, and uh, I, I certainly t- tried to squelch those uh, those ideas. I think kids want to go. Uh, where they can win, uh, and unfortunately, uh, there were some kids that transferred, but uh, in all my years, I never saw him recruit a kid. Now, maybe some of the players, you know, said, boy, sure. uh, we're going to have a great play, but you know what? That happens at every school, yep. and, uh, you know, uh, for a long time, though, uh, you saw the movement in, uh, in the uh, Seattle and metropolitan area where uh, it dried up, and, uh, and well, I thought you were at Cleveland. Well, I was for one year. Uh, I'm over here now in Ingram, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, dried up. I mean, I can remember Joe Richard and I talking, and I think Jim Adams said, you know, the good coaches play the kids they're dealt. And Ed Peppel, I mean, he just had a few years of success there. 
uh, and not to steal a conversation, but I read where it was something like 952 wins. Yep. You know, over a period of time, that's a 20-game season every year. <laughs> and that used to be the hallmark of any coach in the Western Conference to win 20 games. Right. Uh, and uh, very few did it three and four or five years. And so uh, to have that and then to have um, have 224 more wins than any other basketball coach in the state of Washington, that's phenomenal. So he did it the right way. And uh, I would be uh, – uh, I would be him justice by saying that for sure. When did you uh, f- talk about coaching with with Ed? I know you coach on some of the select teams with him. Well, I did that for about ten years because um, you know uh, he he was so successful and uh, and I tried to copy some of the things, but he was just more. Oh, I guess uh, you know um, he he very seldom ever chastise his kids and I learned that we were all in it together in fact uh, we were heading for BCI my probably my first year basketball congress international tournament in Arizona and I went in his office and I saw a sign on his office door that says I me my and mine are no longer used we use we us and our and I'm thinking, boy, I sure wished I would have been telling parents that, <laughs> I'm, you know, uh, because uh, it, it's uh, we go down there and he made it very clear. In fact, uh, uh, he had me send one kid home that simply didn't want to do it that way. Uh, so it was his way and his way was successful. So I don't know how you know, how somebody could even question it. But, you know, we had a kid out of the Metro that uh, thought he knew more or something. I don't know. So Well, and you had mentioned when we talked earlier today about when you were coaching with him, he, he'd be out pressing the flesh with all the um, college coaches from all over the country. Well, after he, after he started trusting me, uh, it was really interesting. Which probably took a while, right? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I certainly didn't want to, go down there and be the head coach of anything. I mean, mine was, we had, we had one uh, team from the state of Washington that go to the BCI tournaments. And uh, uh, he stopped and, and introduced me to John Thompson who, from Georgetown. And he goes, uh, yeah, well, and John Thompson turned to me, oh, I'm glad to meet you. Uh, Charlie Cobb, you coached there in high school? Yes, I do. And he, and I say, I'm, I brought the junior team so we expanded from taking 10 kids to 20 team or 20 kids. And there was a reason for that. He wanted to have more participation in the state and John Thompson turned and I'll never forget. He goes, well, Charlie, welcome aboard. And, and he says, I didn't know there were 20 basketball players in the state of Washington. <laughs> that stuck with me a little bit of an irritant, uh, but I said, well, that's kind of disrespectful of Ed Peppel, who knows basketball in the state of Washington. And uh, it was uh, it was just kind of an interesting story. So, but uh, he did let me uh, uh, he did let me take the reins. And uh, Garfield, uh, or excuse me, Rainier uh, Beach coach was there. And so 
uh, we worked uh, we worked together and we created um, we created coaching staff that didn't include him because he was going to get kids college scholarships right and that was a big big deal I mean he had like 80 or 90 I think kids that went on and played someplace and you know in my in my tenure maybe I had uh, 10. and yeah i mean he just had a a total different environment and so uh well and and these are the days before huddle and all that kind of stuff where you can watch a kid's game from all over the way across the country you couldn't do that in those days no no uh so he was out uh selling our kids and i mean that in the kindest way uh but uh, he uh, managed to do it at his own program and i thought you know, what are we all trying to do make kids better and make them successful? And uh, certainly if you had a kid that went to Eastern like John Garrison did, mm-hmm. uh, that was a big deal. And, uh, you know, so uh, that that was one of the things that we decided we would do is simply, hey, you do your thing and we'll coach the kids. Sure. And we're talking with former Cascade coach Charlie Cobb. Before I let you go, you also had a connection with um, – you're a – Shadle Park, a proud Shadle Park Highlander, right? <laughs> and one of the great well, infamous games in the history of the state of Washington was Shadle Park and Mercer Island. Talk about that. Well, it was really interesting because Shadle Park in that year had a, a guy named Mark Rippin who uh, was pretty good. I heard of uh, Athlete himself, yeah, <laughs> and a, a kid named uh, Scott Poole, who his dad played with me back when he was schooling, and. Uh, uh, one day we, we were kind of chatting, and uh, a coach said, "Yeah, now uh, Charlie, where did you uh, where did you go to uh, school?" And I said, well, "I was Eastern Washington, and uh, I went out there from from Shadle Park because WSU didn't want me." And I looked at Ed Peppel, and he was ash white. This is about six years after I've been working with him, and so the guy walks away, and he goes. You never told me you went to Shadle Park, and I said you never asked, and I was afraid to tell you because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did get homered on that one. I would uh, I would admit that Tom Lyer and I were sitting right underneath the hoop, and uh, it's just the way basketball goes sometimes. Oh, this is the way before replay and all that stuff. And oh yes, yes. In fact, the the three referees. Uh, uh, there were only two in those days, yeah. but there was one on this on the clock, and the three referees left the court uh, uh, rather rapidly, <laughs> and they were not called back out. So uh, it's you know, uh, I mean, I've won I've won some and I've lost some, and I think every coach would tell you the same. So it's a part of the career. Now you mentioned um, you had a 500 record though against Coach Peppel. Well, you know, uh, maybe one of my uh, greatest memories is that uh, he asked to do a home-and-home with us at Cascade High School, and uh, I obviously took him up on that and figured uh, might be 0-2 by the end of those two years. But uh, uh, maybe most uh, the most grateful thing is that the, the second year when I had to go to Mercer Island, they played in, in a... Uh, uh, where was it, North Carolina, uh, Myrtle Beach Classic, and they were playing for the championship, so they couldn't get back for the game. And that was probably the most grateful thing that happened, <laughs> though I can honestly say, and not very many coaches say this, uh, we got them in a uh, 
at the uh, district tournament to go on to the regionals, and uh, we beat them. And so I was I was one and one career versus the great Ed Peppel. Well, Coach Charlie Cobb, thanks for being with us and your memories of Ed Peppel. Well, uh, you bet. And uh, the family of four uh, kids and Shirley are um, are still in my thoughts and prayers. Well, we go from a couple of legendary coaches to one soon-to-be legendary coach at some point here along the road. There put you a, go. put yeah. a little pressure on sure. him. We sure. like this guy. That's why. <laughs> wow. Bobby Thompson okay. joining us, the head coach over at Everett High School. Bobby, um, 952 wins is a lot. You, you got a little ways to go to catch up to coach, but we have we have faith in you. We think you might get there well, one day. I did the math on it um, the other day when I was reading his stats, and um, I'd, I'd, I'd hit that halfway through my 159th season. That's the pace <laughs> I'm going right now, so I've got got some work to do, guys. Yeah, well, it's you know it's 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 a it's a long you know high mountain, but eventually you can climb it there. So, well, hey, Bobby, we do appreciate you coming on with us. All kidding aside. Uh, the main reason we got a hold of you is because I, I read something the other day, a blog that you posted that was very poignant and uh, just very nice in terms of what you had to say about Ed Peppel, the legendary coach of Mercer Island, the all-time winningest coach in Washington history. And uh, you, you wrote on a few different levels. So we'll kind of start off with Bobby Thompson, the basketball player. Uh, talk a little bit about your experience and your encounter with Ed Peppel. And you knew who he was going into the gym when you showed up to play Mercer Island. He was already a legend, right? Oh, yeah. No, I throughout childhood, you knew about the Mercer Island teams. I was old enough, about you know six or seven, when Quinn Snyder was at MI, and they won the state championship, and he went to Duke. And so by the time I got to high school and we were able to play them my junior year, I mean, he was an institution. And, uh and it, when you ran, ran in the gym against the Maroon Blazers, um, you know that you, you felt that when you walked in the gym. And so, so yeah, it was special. And so, you know, we played them junior year. We lost to them in, in playoffs. But then um, that spring um, had the opportunity to play. He put on a uh, Premier League um, at Seattle uh, University. And so that was an honor, an absolute honor to be part of a team that was playing in that league. And so. Um, like I said in the blog post, uh, you know the top ten guys got a chance to play for his handpicked team uh, that went, went and traveled the U.S. in the summertime, and so that was uh, like a, it was like the uh, golden ticket in Willy Wonka. Uh, it was you uh, you wanted to be on that squad, and so uh, so yeah, so it was a chance to play in the league, and and uh, you know I had some good moments during that, and um, I think one of the highlights. Um, you know, of my basketball life, <laughs> just because of who uh, Coach Peppel was, was the first time he walked by afterwards and by name, um, you know, said, Bobby, that was a great game, way to play out there. And I I, 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 I kind of stuttered like I just did right there, and I just didn't even know what to say because it was, I, thanks, Coach. Um, and it was just he had that type of a, an impact on, on people. And so, so yeah, it was that was kind of the you know that was the start of that, and then um, just you know as I'm sure you read it, just you know I was able to kind of bond with him a little more after that, which was really cool. Well, and the great thing is, is that I mean, not the great thing in that you you didn't make the team, but nonetheless, I mean, a lot of times when you try out for a team, once you're cut, and we experience this in the job world too, right? You never see that person again, or they, there's never any interaction, and yet you and coach still had a bond, and you still knew him over time, correct? Well, right, and I mean, and through that season, I mean, I, I played really well that spring, but it was a really, really, really good league, and I didn't have that perspective at that point in time that some of the guys that were making the team, you know, future NBA players, and so it's it's okay to maybe like not make it, but that really was the first time I'd never, uh, I'd not made a team that I was shooting to make, 
And so it was, you know, as a 17 year old kid, you're, you know, that's a setback. And so I somehow got the courage to go up and talk to him afterwards and just ask him why I did not make the team and what I could do to improve. And, um, you know, and he could have really easily, um, you know, brushed me off. I mean, you, you don't understand how big, a big, what a big deal he was down there in that environment. I mean, everyone's down there. And for him, he grabbed me. We, we stepped aside. Um, we actually went outside at Seattle U because he saw I was upset and, um, you know, and just had a very compassionate um, but really honest conversation with me about why I wasn't, you know, quite there yet to make that team. And, and it, and it wasn't just, it was like details. He pulled out details from the league. He like, he pulled out um, segments of the game from four months ago when we played um, Mercer Island at Heck Ed. Um, and it just, uh, it just, I walked away from that conver- conversation being encouraged. And so um, he's, you know, gave me his number. I gave him mine. Um, he asked for that. And I'm just said I could reach out to him anytime I needed anything, which was um, unbelievable. And then a couple of years go by, you don't talk to coach at all. You're you're kind of doing your own thing, going off playing college ball. Talk a little bit about the next encounter you had with him. Well, you know, actually, um, you know, I did have – he invited me to come play for a team the next year, um, which was really nice of him, and, and that went really well. And then, yeah, after that, um, you know, college ball, and then a couple years passed, and then um, – you know, we had a really special player when I was a volunteer coach at Ever High, Zlatko Savovic, Zoe, and um, had a special state tournament, made the all-tournament team. Um, and when uh, his career was done at Ever High, um, he didn't have any four-year offers. So one day Zoe came over to my house, just he thought his basketball career was done. And he's just asking what I can do, can I help him? And I, I'm a 20, 21-year-old kid. I had no idea what I was going to do to help him out in – the only thing I knew to do was to go downstairs where I kept my phone numbers because we all had landlines at that time and we <laughs> and we had phone books um, and, I, and I had my little book with Coach Peppel's number in it and I called him and I it was so funny I did I had to muster all the courage in the world to, to call him because I thought there's no way he's going to remember me I mean I'm just one of several guys that he's had a hand in coaching or talking to over the years and as I kind of st- stumbled over introducing myself to him on the phone he just cut me off. And just said, Bobby, it's great to hear from you. Like, and he, and he wanted to know how I was doing, and and he and he had touch points that he hit on right. And I'm, and I'm just, I was blown away because I, I mean, I, I had like this limited interaction with him for over two years, and uh, and he remembered all this. Well, anyways, talked about Zoe. He knew who Zoe was. Uh, he called. He he said, give me a couple minutes. Um, I'm gonna make a couple phone calls, um, and I'll call you right back. He called back three minutes later. Um, he said, here's the number for the head coach at Lehigh University, a Division One school, you know, back east in Pennsylvania. Um, he says, I, I think this would be a great fit for Zoe. Um, so we called the coach. We got a phone. Uh, Zoe, you, you should have seen Zoe sitting there as this is all unfolding. It was just unbelievable. And we called the coach. Um, he gets a recruiting trip set up. And three days later, Zoe had a Division One scholarship to Lehigh University. Why did coach do that? He didn't, ha- he, he didn't have to, did he? No, he didn't know Zoe. He didn't. He never. He, he didn't. Sp- he didn't never spoken to Zoe before. He just had seen him play a couple times. Um, his heart was for kids, um, and his heart was about you know seeing um, kids um, make themselves better through basketball and to try to provide a platform and opportunity to do such. And and he, you saw how important that was to him and how he built his program with the detail he did at MI. Um, everyone had just 
the utmost respect um, for what he he did and, and did over the course of decades. And everybody tried to duplicate it, but he at the at the root of all of it was his heart for kids and seeing them succeed. And and Zoe is just one of he's one of hundreds of kids that coach did that for. I guarantee that might you know I mean for us I mean this is a story that like I blow people away when I tell it to them. To coach Peppel, I'm pretty sure that was just Wednesday. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think he yeah. he did things like that. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm 100 percent sure that he was making calls like that and building connections for people he didn't know um, on a day to day basis. And that's I mean, he was the uh, the true godfather of basketball in the Puget Sound. Well, you think we're, what, 30, 40 miles away from Mercer Island and, and you've got your Everett story up here. And that's just one story from one city from one particular year. Like you said, start doing the math over 50 years and how many of those stories there must be. A real special man and obviously uh, it, very heartfelt from you. I knew you were the ideal person to bring on tonight and I knew you'd have some very strong feelings about that. So, Bobby, thank you very much for sharing those with us. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. And you do know he met his wife at Everett Junior College. I, I know. she was at, she was was uh, He was a freshman and she was at Everett High at the time. So uh, it's... Uh, Pretty pretty neat stuff. The ties that uh, that bond right there. <laughs> Bobby, thanks again for for everything. And hey, uh, like I said, uh, nine fifty two. We, we we know you'll get there eventually here. And, and seriously though, a great job for all that you're you've been doing up here with this community. And uh, looking forward to hopefully getting the seagulls back out onto the court this year. And we'll see you then. Love it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. You bet. There you go. That is again. Thanks to Jim Adams former Snohomish coach, to Bobby Thompson, current Everett coach, and to former Cascade coach Charlie Cobb, their tribute to Coach Ed Peppel. When we come back, we'll talk with Tyson Lang from Glacier Peak, the quarterback, and from Evergreen Speedway, the race car driver. And we'll do that after this on Prep Sports Weekly on KRKO. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800 the Law Offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800 842 I chose Courtney at Country Financial because of her passion for her product. Karen Conway, owner of Woodway Influence Magazine, on why she chose Courtney and Country Financial for her business insurance. I found Courtney to have answers to every question I had. She never disappointed me. I would highly recommend Courtney Balza at Country Financial to any one of my clients, any one of my friends, any one of my family members. For business insurance, life, health, home, and auto, Google Courtney Balza at Country Financial in Linwood. Policies issued by Country Mutual Insurance Company, Bloomington, Illinois. We have the power to change things. Completing the census is one way to show our power. Let's bring more resources to our communities. For our children's education, health care, and food banks. Let's bring more political representation to our communities. Let's use our power together. Time is running out. Fill out your census today. Sponsored by the Office of Financial Management and aired in cooperation with the Washington State Association of Broadcasters and this station. Are the kids in all this sheltering in place stuff driving you crazy? Well, good news. The Buzz Inn is open again for dine-in. 
The whole family loves the Buzz Inn, and once again, you can dine in. Choose from hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. And as always, the Buzz Inn is taking extra care to ensure the safety of their employees and their guests. So pack the whole family in the car and get out of the house and into the Buzz Inn. That is unless you want to cook at home some more. Very funny. The Buzz Inn Steakhouse. Always a great deal on a great meal. And Prep Sports Weekly continues here on this Thursday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits here on KRKL. We've got a sl- Breaking news. What do you got? Breaking news. This is awesome. I, I seriously didn't know this until about 20 seconds ago. Finish your intro first because the breaking news involves the gentleman we're about to talk to. On KRKL, Everett's Greatest Hits, Sports and More. And who, who are we going to converse with right now? We're going to converse with Tyson Lang from Glacier Peak. Glacier Peak High School quarterback, also the points leader for the super late models they run over Nevergreen Speedway. We'll get to that in a minute. Tyson Lang, did you get your first football offer today? Yes, I did. Well, go, let's talk about it. Linfield University offers Tyson Lang. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Was, was that something that was in the works? I mean, I just I logged onto Twitter literally while while Tom was talking. It was the first thing that popped up. I'm thinking, wait a second, this guy's on the phone with us right now, so this is pretty cool. So uh, let us let us know about this. Was was Linfield on? on the radar all along did you know that they might be offering what what happened uh, yeah i actually had no idea the coach just called me today and said they were going to offer me so i was super pumped about that and thankful for the offer that's a pretty pretty strong program there too yeah so what what other schools have you been talking to or can you do you want to get into that do you want to leave that alone i mean i obviously you don't have any other offers yet but this usually once one comes along it kind of creates a domino effect so who else have you maybe been talking to or give us an idea as to maybe what part of the country if you will uh i've been just a few schools like eastern central uh minot state simon fraser just a couple couple like those schools well very nice that was not the way i planned on starting this conversation but the timing was just perfect on this and i know you've been working with russell wilson academy a lot too is that correct yeah that's correct so so who's been working with you there i know there's a picture on your your twitter handle here with jake heaps who, who is, I know, the quarterback guru who had a very nice career on his own. Uh, it looks like Jake's working with you there a little bit. Is it primarily Jake, or are there other members of that community that have been helping you along the way? Uh, yeah, uh, I've always been with uh, Lavelle Durant, too. He's, like, out of Seattle, trained in Seattle. But, yeah, I was with Jake um, for a couple months, and then COVID started, and then uh, they couldn't they couldn't train anymore, so... I just started going to Lavelle a lot more. Tom, but this yeah. was this was going to be the middle of the the interview, or maybe at the end here. We were going to start with talking about racing, but I, I apologize. I needed to go down that road. This was cool. very cool. cool. So, well, oh, yeah. well, excited for you to have that. And you know, it's so funny because we had Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps on last week, and, and we talked oh, yeah. about this very thing uh, in terms of football not happening here in the Pacific Northwest right now. The four-star athlete and the five-star athlete, they all have their offers already in, and many have already committed. And, you know, some of the athletes that aren't going to play football down the road, of course, they're still going to get their moment hopefully this spring. It's that that middle-range athlete who's kind of in that two-star, three-star area 
who's really being affected right now and who isn't getting the looks because there's nothing for coaches to see right now and to analyze. You're not out on the field on Friday nights. You're not playing games. So to have an offer come in, I mean, have you had to work that much harder and maybe Coach Keck and some of the others have helped you out here, but has it been that much more difficult to keep in front of coaches and to remind them that, hey, I'm still here and I still want to play for the next four years. I may not be on the field now, but I will be eventually. What has that journey been like? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, just having to hit, like, as many camps as you can and just even having to fly out to other states and just try to get looks from everywhere you can. So that's just the biggest thing. And I know you and your your Glacier Peak Grizzlies are chomping at the bit to get on the field this year, aren't you? Oh, yeah. You guys got some returners there. That should be a fun team. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now we, we talked a little Glacier Peak football, and we talked about the Linfield offer, and we know football's big with you. There's something really big going on in your life away from football right now, and this is what really kind of triggered us wanting to reach out to you. Uh, as we, we brought you on last year, and I think a lot of people already know, mom and dad, Jill and Nama Lang, very big over in the Evergreen uh, Speedway community. They've been racing over there for a number of years. I think your dad's won, what, five, uh, five uh, super late model point championships. I think he won another one at the street stock level. Uh, your yeah. mom's had a lot of success there. You were the rookie of the year last year in the super late model point standings. I think you finished 10th. And now we're one race away from the season ending, and you are on top of the standings in first place. Big summer for you. Talk about that a little bit, what it's like to uh, to kind of be the, the big dog over there that everybody's chasing going into the final race of the year. Uh, yeah, just one more race. I'm just hoping to get that win. Still haven't gotten that win. Just uh, third and a few second places, but that's just all. I'm not really looking to the championship. I just want to win. So, so, so is the win more important than the championship? For sure. You you would you would take yeah. a, a win in one race over a, a points championship? Yeah. Okay. Now I sure. notice notice in one there's one car in particular that's missing in the standings. Where's Dad? Is Dad not racing this year? Uh, yeah, he's. He just wanted to help out with me this year, I guess, just because the new I just got the new Pathfinder. So him and his crew just wanted to help me this year. How how different is racing during a pandemic? I mean, obviously there's a lot of restrictions in the world right now. In terms of how many, I know that Evergreen Speedway is not allowing fans in, correct? Yeah, no fans. So how many are you restricted by? How many pit members you can have, and how many people you can bring in into yeah. the uh, the track itself? Yeah, it's supposed to be like. Five in the pits, I'm pretty sure, but yeah, so it's for sure changed a lot. And it's not like you, you shove like eight people into a, a trunk and sneak them all in, and then they all pop out, and nobody knows where they came from. Everybody's got to be yeah. at five, and that's it, right? Yeah. So did did you know going into the season you might be able to contend for the points title? I mean, obviously you haven't won it yet, and we'll get to that here in a moment. But to jump from that tenth spot all the way to number one, that's a big leap. So what was your what was your expectation coming in? Uh, yeah, I got the. Like I was saying, the brand new car. So I knew I was running pretty good last year. I just didn't really have the the horsepower, and the the car was really old. My dad won that with five championships, so it was just kind of beat up car. It was still a good car, but the new car this year definitely helped, and everything on it is new. So, so new car, but is it is it new Tyson Lang too? I mean, are you are you one year more experienced? And if so, what what are you, how are you better than you were last year? As a oh, yeah, as a driver, yeah, I feel like being a beginner, you you get better with every single race, especially when you start. So I think that's definitely helped me a lot. And 100 percent with my dad, with him being so experienced and 
considered one of the best at uh, Evergreen. Um, he's really helped me a lot. So now, of all of his experience. Last week we had a uh, college golfer on, and I asked him which course would be on his bucket list to to uh, play golf. What would be on your bucket list of racetracks that you'd like to? What's your your top racetrack you'd really like to race there? Um, number one would probably be like Five Flags Snowball Derby. Okay. With Kyle Busch and all those guys, that would be that would be crazy. So who's your guy on a Sunday? It's yeah, number eighteen. Is it number eighteen? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's going on with Kyle Busch? He hasn't won a race yet this year. Yeah, I know. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're you're trending up. He's trending down. We got to get get you guys both on the same wavelength there. Yeah, we both have one race, so. <laughs> yeah, but you're ahead in the point standing, so we'll take that, right? Yeah. Well, talk about this because you've got one more race left, and I'm noticing you've got a ten point lead over Daniel Moore and Jeff Knight. Who, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Jeff's a pretty good friend of yours in the family. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Eleven point lead, and then I know you got a couple other guys. So what's it gonna? I, what I think every place you finish in that final race, it's a two point drop off. So you've got a little bit of a, a leeway there. Does that change the way you might go into that race on October 10th when you're trying to wrap up the points title? Uh, I don't think it'll change it. I'm just I'm I'm trying to go for that win, to be honest. So coming around that final turn, turn four, and all of a sudden you got a chance to either, you know, maybe bump somebody in a, for first or second, or kind of pull off and just ease into the title. You're you're going for the win. I'm going for the win for sure. <laughs> I love it. Hey, hey, last time we talked to you, you uh, part of the uh, the Rookie of the Year honor included a trip back to Charlotte for the uh, award ceremony, and I don't think we've had you on since then. So how how was that trip? I, your dad mentioned that it, it's something he's done on numerous occasions and just talking about how special it is. Was it everything you thought it would be? Oh, I actually did not go to that. Oh, you did not? No. Okay. Any reason behind it or anything that we can ask you about? Or? Um. Yeah, I don't really know. It wasn't – I don't know. Well, I just felt like I would have went if I won the championship. But. I was just going to say, if you win the championship, you get another invite. Are you gonna? You wouldn't miss this one, right? Oh, no, I wouldn't miss this one. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, again, you're, you're having a big year. It's been a lot of fun to watch you. Uh, October 10th, so I, I would assume, again, no, no fans are allowed to go into the race. Is Evergreen Speedway streaming the race? or I know Channel 11's been showing some of the races, but – Oh uh, yeah, they ten eleven uh, streams the race uh, a week later. Yeah, friend of the that. show. Yeah, Steve Mortland. They Mortland's do the, been doing a phenomenal uh, job with those. Those have been fun to watch. That's how I've CW eleven on Sunday nights. Is it kind of fun getting yeah. a, a little taste of being on on channel eleven, knowing that you're uh, you're getting some TV time? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I know you got the TV time with the uh, the football game on route, but this is a uh, this is another thing entirely, isn't it? Oh yeah, CW eleven. Yep. Well, very cool. So. uh bigger thing for you let's let's put you to another test here winning a championship out at evergreen speedway or winning a wesco championship in football uh 100 wesco championship uh -huh. i think some i think coach keck who's listening right now likes that answer yeah and what are you guys doing to get prepared are you still practicing with the guys and going out and throwing and obviously keeping yeah, a little distance but yeah all the linemen get on the field and then we're trying to get all the skill guys out but just a couple of our key players just haven't been healthy, I guess. So, just waiting for them. But they're they're getting there. 
Well, again, they're getting there. Glacier Peak football scheduled to play in the spring, which is a little bit different. But nonetheless, we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel there, hopefully. And Tyson Lang, uh, again, a big season for you over at Evergreen Speedway. Number one in the point standings, which is huge. One race to go, October 10th. And I guess the other thing I'll leave you with here, too, I I know you'd rather be playing football, but I've got to think it gives you a little more time to, to focus and not have to rush back and forth between practice and games and going out to the track. Has that been a little bit of a, a relief and maybe makes it a little bit easier to deal with right now? Um, To be honest, I'd rather go through the football and the racing just because I want to play football so bad. But Love to hear yeah, it. I guess. Well, very cool. Well, again, uh, Big football things, uh, big expectations from you on the field this year. Congratulations again on getting the Linfield offer tonight, so great timing for that. And best of luck on October 10th. It would be fun to see you uh, get up there with Dad and put your name on that trophy for the uh, the season point championship. We'll be rooting for you there. So Tyson Lang, number 18 on the track, number 7 on the football t- field, number 1 uh, quarterback over at Glacier Peak. Uh, best of luck to you next month and beyond. Uh, thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. There you go. Tyson Lang from Glacier Peak and Evergreen Speedway. It's good to be running late on the show tonight. There you go. I had no idea that was going to happen. I just logged (laughs) onto the Twitter account, and I'm like, what? Like, we're about to have him on the phone. This is great. So gets an offer tonight, joins us on the phone, and just try to win a championship out over at uh, Monroe. There you go. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, by Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood, by the Snohomish County PUD, Glass by Lund, Mountain Pacific Bank by the Buzz-In Steakhouse, Everett Safe and Lock, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, and by Screen Printing Northwest. Who did we have on the show tonight? We had on the show tonight from Lake Stevens High School, Randy Edens, and I guess Reagan Reed, who's from Lake Stevens, but now is at Boise State yep. University, yep. basketball player over there, and the Everett Herald female uh, athlete of the year. Congratulations to her. Uh, we had from the Marysville Getchell cross-country team, Jasmine Wynn and Janae Parsons. We then did a tribute to Ed Peppel, longtime coach over at Mercer Island High School, who also has ties to Everett as well as Meadowdale for a number of years. And joining us on the show tonight, Charlie Cobb, longtime coach over at Cascade, Jim Adams, longtime coach over at Snohomish, and Bobby Thompson, the current uh, boys basketball coach for Everett High School. And then finally, last but certainly not least, he's got a scholarship offer waiting for him from Linfield, and he might be winning a points championship at Evergreen Speedway on October 10th, Tyson Lang. Your uh, race car driver slash quarterback for Glacier Peak. There you go. And again, thanks for being with us. We'll be back again next Thursday. We just keep plugging along. Hopefully it just won't be as smoky next time. It won't be as smoky and the hits keep coming. There you go. Let's do it. For Steve Willits, I'm Tom Lafferty. Prep Sports Weekly from Everett. Good night. KRKO Everett. K237GN AM 1380 and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO. much to say, but man, I still think them cats are crazy. They were asking if you were around, how you was, where you could be found. I told them you were living downtown. 
driving all the old men crazy. She was cool, she was red hot. I mean, she was steaming. And that time over at Johnny's place, well, this chick got up and she slapped Johnny's face. Man, we just fell about the place. If that chick don't wanna know, forget her. The boys are back in town. I said. Are back in town. 